Everybody want to be a bodybuilder, but nobody want to lift no heavy ass weight. Muscle Talk, featuring Jimmy the Athlete Savvy. Yeah, Hosted by Dane Hudson. And, well, yes, that's the Muscle Talk theme. That means Dane Hudson and Jimmy Static are standing by for another gorgeous episode of Muscle Talk. Jimmy, a very good evening to you. Hello, Maze. How are you? I just said good evening, which is a pretty silly thing to say because the best thing about this program is that people are going to be listening to us doing morning cardio, evening cardio. He's probably a bloke doing his last set on the leg press and listening to me right now and you right now. So it could be any time of the day, really, couldn't it? Mate, I'm on school holidays. I just woke up. Oh, really? So good morning to you. Oh, well, that's hilarious because it is currently 20 past 9pm, if you want to know the truth. But look, anyway, as promised, it's another episode of Muscle Talk. Now, our huge guest, Jimmy, he's on the line right now. If you've ever moved a dumbbell in your life, you know who this man is. We're going to explore all, all sorts of stuff with this guest. Do you reckon anyone knows who it is yet? I've told about three people. As long as they've kept their big mouth shut, yep. no one knows who this is. Okay. Well, when I say Lee Priest, what comes to mind? Is it the killer legs, the arms that are big enough to orbit the sun, the killer facial tattoo or the string of IFBB victories? Whatever it is, as far as Australian bodybuilding goes, Lee Priest is king. And despite recent surgery on a torn bicep, Lee Priest is not giving up. He's competing again in the WBFF next August. He's one of the biggest men you'll ever see. The man they call the blonde myth, Lee Priest. He joins us on the line now. Lee, a very big muscle talk. Welcome to you. Thank you. Lee, uh, you, you're training now, obviously, the WBFF next August. How's that all going? Uh, good. I always like when people say I'm training because even though I haven't competed for five or six years, I've never stopped training. So it's <laughs> one of those things where people say, Oh, you're training for a show or you're still training? It's like, yes, I never stopped. It always amazes me when people think I'm not competing anymore that I've just stopped training. As people bump into me like, oh, you're still big? You're still training? I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? It's like, you know, just because I don't compete doesn't mean I don't train anymore. Yeah, that's right. I think all bodybuilders, whether they're competing or they're not, are always pumping iron in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I always be lifting to pretty much the day I die. I guess maybe as I get older, I'll do it as serious, but I'll still be doing, you know, some sort of training no matter what. With the WBFF, mm-hmm. look, personally, I think you're going to walk through it. Okay, so people, I, I think... I, you know, people say that too, but it's like, to me, it's like I never know who's going to show up. It's like when I went to do the, when I won those two PDI shows, I was thinking, okay, well, people say, well, there's no one there. But I said, well, there's some guys from Europe doing the PDI. There's some other people who have gone to the PDI. So I said, look, I can't take it for granted because here I am. I'm going from being a, one of the top IFB guys. If I go over this PDI show just thinking, okay, I'm going to win. I'm Lee Priest. I need to come in like this and lose, I'm going to look like the biggest friggin' idiot out there. You know, be like, oh, oh, look at you. You went from IFB and you can't win a PDI show. So when I got ready for that show, I took it really serious. I think I weighed, like, went down to the lightest I'd ever been, like 196 in pounds to win the show. So even with this WBFF, I look at it now and think, okay, well, some of the guys I've seen now, okay, I can beat them, but, you know, it's still August next year. Someone can turn up and rock up and you go, you know, one of those things were, holy shit, I didn't expect him to be here. So True. you're never sure who's going to be there. So I take every show serious. I never think that, okay, I'm Lee Priest, I've done this before. You know, it's been six years since I competed, so I've got to get back in shape. So like I said, if I'm good enough on the day and I deserve the win, well, I'm happy to win. But on the day I don't deserve the win, if someone there's better than me and they beat me, okay, I'm fine with that too. Someone, whoever's better, whoever the best man is on the day, regardless of what, should be the one who wins the show. What's your motivation in training for this show? Is it for yourself? No, it's mainly just, I think, for the fans and just to see if I can you know, still do it. And probably like that 
last Rocky movie. Maybe there's some crap left in the basement. But, you know, <laughs> when when you start dieting and you get, you know, into the second month of the diet, you're like, screw this. Why the hell am I doing this for? So, like I said, it's not for me. I've got nothing more to prove. But I think it's for the fans. And then maybe in the back of my mind, it's one of those things where, cause when I did get injured, I was getting ready for a show then. And then other things have happened along the way where I've never you know, actually got back to do a show. So maybe it's one of the things where, okay, let me just do it once more. So I'll do pause and then hopefully, like this year I was getting ready for the Navi Pro Universe, but it was cancelled. But yeah. talking to Graham Lansfield, they could have it next year. So if I do pause show in August and it, they do at the university in October, I'll do that as well. So then that may be it after that. Then I'll say, okay, I'm done. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's it. But like I said, I still train and still keep it involved in the sport. But, you know, then I say I'm done. Who knows? Maybe five years later I say, oh, okay, there's a master's division. Let me have one go at that. So, you know, even though you say you're done, you're never really done. You know, until yeah, you get to that point where if I, if I dieted down and I was looking crappy, because I said you have to be honest with yourself too. I don't want to go out on stage and say, okay, here I am. And then people go, oh, holy fuck, he shouldn't have come back. Look how he looks now type thing. It's like, you know, you've got to be honest with yourself and, if I look as good as I did when I stopped competing in, at the end of 06, if I look good or 99% of that, I'll be happy. But if I diet down the hardest I can, I look in the mirror and go, holy shit, I'm like maybe 60% of what I used to be. Hey, I'm not walking out on stage just to say, here I am type thing. Because, you know, in this sport and the internet these days, I could just imagine all the comments that would be going up in the instant. Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, it's one of those things, as long as I still look good, I'll keep doing it. But you know, like I said, you just have to be honest with yourself and know when, okay, time to pull the plug. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it, mate. I know you love to eat. What are your three favourite foods? Uh, someone was just asking me this the other day, and it's hard for me. I don't really have favourites. There's so many things I like. That I have, if I had to say favourite, it'd be probably like any type of steak, T-bone steak, and or prime rib, you know, or ribeye, anything that has, you know. Uh, when I'm dieting, I eat steak, but it's always the lean steak, so I prefer the steak that has that bit of fat through it, the marbling, because it always tastes better. Yeah. So I'd say any type of steak, and then uh, probably any type of ice cream. I love ice cream, and then... When it comes to junk food, I don't know. People always connect me with KFC, but sure, I like KFC, but I don't eat a lot of time. I like McDonald's and I like Chinese. So pretty much any type of junk food, anything that's probably over 50% fat, I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your most memorable victory? People would actually think bodybuilding, but I think it's probably when I won my first race. That was probably more because, you know, with bodybuilding, you have a lot of judges and then, you know, it's like a thing. But with a race thing, it's either you or the other guy who wins, so you know you crossed the line first. So it could be one of the races, but... Most memorable victory, I guess it's hard to say because it could be my first pro show I won in 2002, but then when I won the Ironman in 2006, I enjoyed that because I think I placed second five times at that show, so I was getting to the point where I was like, when they did an interview with me the day before the show at the meet, athletes meeting, they said, so how do you think you're going to do tomorrow? I said, oh, second place. I remember that interview. So I was like, <laughs> it's like, okay, second place again, so when I won and I'm thinking, oh, are you sure? Are they going to say, oh, well, we made a mistake here? So that was good, but like I said, I enjoy... Any shows, like I said, I do a lot of shows where, like I said, I've won a few and then I've got second at some and third at some. As long as I've gone into a contest knowing I've given 100%, I didn't cheat on my training, I didn't cheat on the diet. As long as I know I'm 100% there, pretty much whatever you get, you're going to get, you know, due to, like I said, I've always been outspoken, that's going against me, you know, it's like, oh, there's Lee Priest again, we'll show him type thing, so yeah. we'll mark him a few places down. But like I said, as long as I've done a show and... After the show, sometimes you're always going to hear. If I had a doll every time someone said, hey, you should have won that show, I'd be a really rich guy. So, so I said, as long as I go on stage looking the best I can, my fans are happy, and I see the pictures, I think, okay, I look pretty good. Well, I've got nothing to be upset about. Sure, you can bitch and complain to your blue in the face that I should have won, I should have done this, but no one listens, so who cares? Just go out there, and like I said, as long as you know you've done your best, that's all you can do. Yeah, great. And tell us, I guess it's not till next August, so you've got plenty of time, but at this stage... 
How does Lee Priest train? So you're in the bulking up stage. Obviously, that's where you're you know aiming to be at the moment. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't really call it bulking up. I pretty much just eat what I like and, you know, sometimes keep it clean. But then if I have those days where I want to eat the donuts or Chinese, McDonald's, Kentucky, whatever, I go and have it. So I wouldn't really call it bulking up like I used to in the old days and go up to like 285 pounds or so. I'll probably at the moment just sit around the 240, 250 mark, somewhere like that and pretty much train six days a week, every week. And, and maybe if I'm a bit tired or something's feeling a bit sore, I might take a day off. But generally it's always six days a week and one body part a day and pretty much when I come contest time training stays exactly the same I just add the cardio and change to a sort of bodybuilding diet that's about it yeah right now I have to ask I have to ask I mean for years I've always had a giggle at uh, the pictures of you on the internet where you're pretty much unrecognizable you're eating basically anything you like and uh, I always have a laugh. I always think, well, Lee Priest is a genius. He knows what he's doing. There's obviously a reason behind bulking up like that. What's the theory behind that? Uh, there's never any theory. It's just that I enjoyed eating. And if I wasn't competing, I'm one of those people like, oh, I don't give a fuck how I look. You know, I'm just going to enjoy life, go out, do my racing when I was racing at the time and just eat whatever I like. And there's a lot of guys who want to stay 10, 15 pounds over contest weight or they want to keep their abs or have that nice jawline all year round. I'm like, you know what, screw it out. It's like, I diet hard enough for a contest when I have to compete. So when I'm not competing, if I go out to a restaurant, I want to eat the fatty food and I want to eat dessert. I don't want to go to the restaurant and be one of those dickheads that goes, oh, can I have chicken breasts and salad and rice? You know, I can eat that crap at home. It's like, if I'm going out, I'm going to eat whatever my heart desires. So there's never any fury behind, but I always just found that when I was heavier and had the extra weight, I could lift heavier weights, so in turn, you know, build more muscle. Because I had the, you know, heavier body weight to counterbalance if I was doing, you know, barbell rows or barbell curls. So, in one aspect, you know, having the heavy body weight, I could lift a lot heavier weights. Plus, having the fluid and the fat around the joints, I never had anything that was really hurting that bad. In sport, the true measure of a champion is someone that can go away, get injured, come back and still cut it. We've seen it with lots of high-profile sporting people in the world, and you're no different. The bicep tendon repair in 2009, you, you would have been quite depressed when you injured that, and you would have thought, wow, can I ever come back? But the good news is you are. Yeah, when it happened, you know, I started moving the TV, and it sort of ripped off the top up where it attaches onto the shoulder. So at first, I was sort of depressed. I just sort of put the TV down, looked at it, and went, oh, well, that can't be too good. And I just went <laughs> out and went, oh, well, well, shit happens. And I went and had it looked at, and then... I had to wait because I just moved back from America at the time, so I didn't have any yeah. health insurance or even my Medicare card because I'd been away for so long hadn't kicked in yet. So I had to wait almost seven months before I got it reattached. And then I'm thinking, well, it's been seven months now. They might not be able to reattach it because maybe the thing that ripped off, the tendon that ripped off might be all smaller now. And you know, I didn't really let it worry me too much because when I had the arm in the sling for the 12 weeks, I still went to the gym and did legs and had my wife or my training partner lean on my right leg while I did one-arm dumbbell presses on the other side, so I didn't tip over the bench type thing. So I just worked around the whole thing, and then I was surprised that when I actually took the sling off because I was always believing that even though it's in a sling and I'm not using it, as long as I keep training and keep the muscle working around the body, I was thinking, okay, I won't lose too much size. And actually, after 12 weeks in the sling, when I got loud, I probably lost maybe half to three-quarters of an inch off the arm. That was about it. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, so I was quite happy. I was like, I'm going to take the sling off and this is going to be all smaller and yeah. starting all over again. But I was surprised that it wasn't too bad. So I guess what we can learn from that is that, you know, you smash your legs hard with an upper body injury. You're not really going to lose that much weight. That old saying that legs generate more testosterone than anything else is most probably correct. I think so. And like I said, I still did my dumbbell curls on the left-hand side and so I constantly kept the blood moving through the body rather than just sitting around feeling depressed and I think a lot of it too is in the mind you know as long as you feel yeah. positive and 
still keep doing stuff rather than just, you know, some people get injured, thinking, OK, I'm injured now, so for the whole 12 weeks, your arm might be in a sling, they might not do nothing. So then, of course, you're going to lose size then. But yeah. I just kept doing my normal normal day activities. Yeah, that's great. Now, look, as well as you being a bodybuilder, you're also a champion race car driver. How's all that going? Uh, I haven't done much since I've been home. That's the sad thing about Australia. We don't have many tracks over here. Like in America, mm. we used to pretty much race every weekend, or every bit of circle track, but then went into the drags. So pretty much every weekend, I was either in Vegas or Memphis or up north in California. Here in Australia, I think you've got Eastern Creek and uh, the one up in Brisbane up there, Willowbank, is it? And I miss it. The only closest I get to racing now, I have a good PlayStation set up with the whole seat and the like the lever racing seat and the steering wheel and stuff like that. So the odd occasion, if it's not too hot, I'll put my racing suit on and sit on the chair in front of the TV in the racing suit and play my PlayStation 3. So that's about it. Yeah. And what about business adventures? You Obviously, you've got your own supplement line. How's all that traveling? Good, good. You know, it's like anything. When you get anything going, people, you try and push the people who want to know why it's better than this or better than that. It's like I said, look, I can't say it's better than anything. All I know is that... The protein I pulled into it is the best, highest quality protein out there. Sure, it might be a little bit more expensive than other brands because you're getting what you pay for. Like I said, I've never got into bodybuilding to make millions. I never got into the supplement side to make millions. I just think and believe these days that you know people work damn hard for their money, and the protein powders aren't expensive when they've got to buy you know maybe a protein tub every couple of month or two, and then they've got all the other if they want to make creatine or pre-workouts, post-workouts. As I said, it all adds up even for the young kids. We want to ask you as well. You've got your own radio show. How's that going? Uh, really good, yes. And, um, I'm also like signed with um, VPX products as well. I'm actually heading over to Spain for the expo over there for Yana Plasic in Spain in three weeks' time. So wow. it's, been, it's been really good because um, I did a radio show with John Romano who also used to be with MD and RX Muscle, but now he's gone over to VPX and we do a radio show there once a week on um, vpxsports.com. Great. Well, Lee Priest, thank you so much for the interview. Not a problem. I'd like to thank you as well. Thank you. Well, what a gentleman. Lee Priest. Jimmy, how good was that? That was an interview, mate. Oh, unbelievable. There you go. A special edition of Muscle Talk featuring the blonde myth. Lee Priest. Now, we'll be back again next week. I'm Dane Hudson. Give me the athlete. That's right. And we'll be back next week. There's a little bit of athlete in all of us. Train hard. Eat well. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Muscle Talk. Bye. Muscle Talk.